0: And welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Glad to be here with you on this Reaction Monday edition. A lot to react to. Big-time college football weekend. Big-time NFL weekend. Big-time baseball weekend as the Royals sweep the Houston Astros. A lot to get to. I'm Jacob Albrock alongside Tom and Caster. Jad Chambers producing for you. We've got our IHOP hotline wide open for you, which of course is brought to you by IHOP, where guests can enjoy four new sweet and savory biscuit options. We'll give away some movie tickets. Big Paw Patrol premiere happens this week. Later, you can get there on us. We'll do that. We'll do a little HTO. We'll do a little Wichita Thunder home opener hockey tickets. Lots of stuff to give away. Lots of fun to have today. Uh, and Tommy, we've now made it, you know, about 43 seconds into the program without talking about the big news. Taylor Swift in the press box up with mom at uh, at the football game last night.
1: I honestly don't have anything else to talk about in the next two hours other than that. So, I mean, if we could push everything off to tomorrow, that would be incredible. I just want to talk about Taylor.
0: Yeah, we might need to give Shriya Slada a call who's going to, was <laughs> supposed to join us to talk KU football At the top of the next hour, beat writer for uh, the KC star. Now, we'll have Shrius. uh, We'll have it all for you. It was a wild and crazy day in the NFL. Taylor Swift was in this. I mean, you could see this coming a mile away. The second she steps into Arrowhead to watch him play a football game, the world's going to go nuts. And, you know, for those fun haters out there that are going to pretend like they just can't stand any of this, like just bear with literally the rest of the world while we enjoy this for a few minutes. Uh, and enjoy all the memes that come from it and all the different jokes that come from it. I mean, it's going to give us, you know, a little happiness for a long time here. So uh, just just hang with society here. Uh, yell at some clouds. Go do something else for just a couple of minutes here. But, you know, that's a good show. And, tra- you know, 87 showed up for his girl. And I'm going to tell you, Tommy. <laughs> That touchdown celebration up in the press box was not a we are just hanging out celebration she was way too excited for this to be just hanging out. Like, no, let's be real here. Next to mom. You dropped an LFG next to mom. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't do that unless you've there's already some, you know, boundaries established here. You don't cuss in front of, in
1: front of mom. Well, and just the fact that she was there with Mama Kelsey, I mean, there are some big time boundaries. I know you and I, you know, have gone through the process before. We're both married. We've dated. It takes a little bit, like, for you to for for like the the new girl to meet mom, like that. Yeah. that takes a little bit. And the fact that she's up at you know in that suite next to Mama Kelsey the entire game, I mean, that tells you a little bit about where this relationship already is.
0: It, it, it the Kelsey's Travis. His brother, his mom, have gotten so good at this, by the way. Like, that's what like, – I'm with a group of guys, like older guys. Like, we're not – we are not I do not care about anything. And just, like, laughing and having so much fun with it watching the game yesterday. And it's like –
1: And, by the way, there's nothing wrong with it because of the fact that the game was a blowout. You know, well, the Chiefs that's, incredible, nice, right? So it, it gives nice you something to yeah. talk about. And so, like, the yeah. Fox crew, for example, like, that's America's Game of the Week on Fox – And it's a blowout. I mean, imagine if Taylor hadn't been there, what would they have covered the time with? I mean, like, that's a lot. Well,
0: they might have covered the same thing just without the images, right? They would have just talked about the rumors, perhaps. But, you know, the fact that his brother has been messing with him uh, for a couple of weeks about this on, like, every public airwave he can find. And you know that's just his brother messing with him is awesome. And I, I, you know it's it's been a lot of fun he wasn't available to the media yesterday but he will be at some point and he'll have fun with it too just like he did on pat mcafee's show at the end of last week i mean it's it's enjoyable because the characters playing this out are all enjoyable people right like it's there's nothing too serious about any of it it's just fun for everybody and the ties to her coming to arrowhead and selling it out and then you know him returning the favor and and a big day for Travis Kelsey yesterday got the intro got the touchdown he had a nice game uh, as did most chiefs and they called the dogs off or it might have been even even nicer uh, but you know if you want to react to you know T-Swizz and and Kelsey and all the hot rumors you can give us a call on the iHop hotline and do that 8691240 you can also talk about that blowout win which is what we'll do now um Tommy that was that was what you wanted to see, right? The offense was effective. The running backs were effective running the ball, right? Sometimes we see the rushing yards there, but a lot of it comes from Patrick Mahomes scrambling. Now this was, you know, this was uh, a pretty good game for Pacheco and Edwards-Alay a little less, but they were, you know, they did exactly what they needed to do. And again, through the air, Mahomes Holmes just spreads it out everywhere. You know, Kelsey led the way in targets. Rishi Rice was right behind him, like right behind him. And if not for a penalty, another stupid penalty, uh, Rice would have had two of them. And it makes me wonder, is Rice the guy that's going to step up and become, you know, the the go-to is obviously going to be Kelsey, but there's, you know, what Juju Smith-Schuster was last year. We'll just use that as an example. Uh, and, and then more importantly than any of that, Tommy, I mean, the defense was fantastic again. And, you know, Fields did have 11 designed runs. Now, the game script got away from Chicago. So, you know, them letting Fields run wild like we thought they may do was never even allowed to happen because the Chiefs just smashed from the get-go. Fields doesn't look good at all. I mean, he, I, he misses so many throws. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson and he are kind of in a competition for who looks the worst throwing the ball. But Fields can run, and the Chiefs did a nice job containing him. And just all over the board, they did a nice job. I mean, the Chiefs' defense was dominant, dominant, again, in this one. They they probably could have relatively easily shut them out, Tommy, uh, if Mahomes stays in the game. And, and I know those interceptions weren't all Blaine Gabbard's fault, but you're playing your backups at that point.
1: Yeah, they kept talking on the broadcast about how Patrick Mahomes has never had a top five defense in his career and how this could very well be a top five defense at season's end for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, through the first three games, there really hasn't been anything to tell me otherwise. Uh, and, And what I love about the way that this defense plays is the way that they play through the tackle, right? Like they are their motor is there. The energy is there. They are consistently. Uh, you know, they've got that energy from the beginning of the game all the way to the end. And one thing that I think Greg Olson was talking about on the broadcast was about how they rotate, like I think he said, 18 or 19 guys defensively, and it allows that defense to remain fresh. And that shows you the level of trust that Steve Spagnola has with those defensive players. The fact that he's willing to rotate many of them in and out of the game and keep in mind and I know that the Bears offense is not good right I know that Justin Fields is not a good quarterback and there are there are a lot of issues offensively for that team but keep in mind the Chiefs defense didn't have Nick Bolton yesterday and he's been arguably their best defender through the first two weeks of the year they didn't have him and they still went out there and looked incredible Uh, again of course against Chicago I get that I understand that but man, it gets me excited for where this defense can be assuming they stay healthy as the season goes on. Yeah, but remember
0: they look good against Detroit and Jacksonville too, two higher powered offenses. This is, you know, and and, and I say that as an example because Dallas, who we think has probably the best defense, although they just sustained a pretty crippling injury this week in practice, just allowed 28 points to Arizona. Right. So another and and Arizona, to, to their credit, has looked far better than anybody thought that they would. So credit to them. But it is important to still do what you need to do against bad offenses. And the Chiefs did that. Look, how many, you know, when as we as we, you know, take a bird's eye look at the NFL. Like, what are the teams in the mix for having that top defense? San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia, right? Cleveland, I think, has done that at this point and Buffalo. The Chiefs are right there with them, so that's five, right? I mean, you're right there, yep. in, and that will play itself out over time. But you are certainly in the mix to be a top. Are they going to be top three? I don't know. But it doesn't – they don't need to be. They've never needed to be that. Can they be? Sure they can. And the thing is, too, that we got to remember is all the resources they've poured into that defense through the draft the last two years you need to show something when you do that. They're right? the
1: youngest defense in the league. I didn't know, I know. That until I saw the graphic on the screen yesterday also. <laughs> which is which is the promising because they can keep guys. Sure. Right.
0: You can keep guys signed up, but you they've invested all the draft capital. That doesn't always translate. Well, it's translating, yeah. right? They're hitting on these picks that they're making in the draft, and so, you know, this very clear strategy that's been there for the last couple of years looks great. And and it's all like You have to look a little deeper, right? Because the league as a whole now is doing what it did to the Chiefs two years ago by taking away these deep balls. That's happening across the league, and teams are struggling with that. Well, the Chiefs who've adjusted, they know, like, you know what? There's going to be like a ball control brand to this. We're not going to be able to track meet people anymore because of the way they're playing us. So, what complements the style of offense that the Chiefs have transitioned to the most? Well, if you're going to play ball control, and bleed that clock and you've got a good defense, man, you are going to be really hard to beat. Really hard to beat. And that's why I think the Chiefs have done, it. and I think a lot of it's been by design. I think they've I think this has all been very intentional. The other part of it is you got to pick players that are, you know, that are good. And they've done a really good job of that, clearly, because they've come out. And, you know, Tommy, the other thing that I keep thinking about with this defense, Steve Spagnolo's defenses never look good early. They typically get better and look good late. Right. So how much growth is there with a group of young players that gets this very complicated by all accounts system in play? And what could this defense, if it stays healthy, look like by the end of the season?
1: Yeah, and really, I think for me defensively, the fact that we've been following the situation with Chris Jones, obviously for a long time, and what that defense looks like, in the future, you know, potentially without him and all of that. But here in the moment, you know, he he added a sack yesterday. He was all over the place. And just the complimentary pieces that are around Chris Jones and the fact that they were able to contain Justin Fields, I would say, you know, more often than not in the course of that game, you know, that bodes well as they're going later and later into the season. You know, to me, I mean, think about the difference between playing Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence in weeks one and two, you know, by and large quarterbacks that are going to drop back and pass, they're not really runners for the most part, and the way the secondary stepped up in those two games, allowing 14 points against Detroit, and then allowing, what, 17 points against the Jags, and then taking on a a quarterback that's a completely different style in Justin Fields, and being able to contain him also. I mean, at, at every level of the defense through the first three weeks, I'm not seeing a whole lot of downside with, you know, like a lot of times you can point out, you know, all right, yeah, the run, the run game or the run defense looks good, but you know, the cornerbacks are bad or they can't, they can't stop the run, but they can sure shut down, you know, in, in coverage, like all these different, like, I don't really see a whole lot of that right now. Of course, it's not perfect, but really at every level of the defense, like I feel very encouraged about where they are right now and where they could be as the season goes on.
0: I, yeah i i the their prospect um is incredible and just not not just this year either like for a while right now does chris jones fit into that long term i i think the performances we're seeing probably make that less and less likely yeah um, but for this year, enjoy it because if they can never get another player like Chris Jones, which is possible, like he may be irreplaceable, enjoy what it can be this year because it could be very, very special. And that's a good thing, Tommy, because as we look around the league and look, the problem with we'll spend a little bit more time on this game with Dan Israel tomorrow, but this is it's hard to, it's hard to like dig into a 41 to 10 game that was over before it ever started, right? Like right. there's a, a, legitimately, Outside of the Taylor Swift thing, I I mean, it's not really, we don't need to dig in, like, you know.
1: I'll tell you one area where I feel like I I, I can dig in a little bit, and that's, you know, we talked about it at the end of the week, about how we really needed to see the offense kind of break out, right, after the first couple of weeks of the year, and I think the number that you and I both threw out there, four touchdowns, like, we wanted to see 28 points or more, And, and they did that. By halftime, right? And I again, I know you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because it is Chicago and they're in free fall, and you know clearly look like the worst team in the NFL. Uh, You know, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. But the Chiefs needed that offensively; they needed that get-right game to kind of shake off the first couple of weeks and be able to show that all right, that explosive firepower that we know is there from the Chiefs' offense, we can go ahead and show it now, And, and and hopefully. That's a good sign as they move forward. You know, I'm not suggesting they're going to be, you know, pitching a shutout into the fourth quarter every week. I'm not suggesting they're going to put up 41 points every week. But that was the kind of game after you've kind of slogged through the first couple of weeks offensively. That was the kind of outing offensively that you absolutely needed to see.
0: Yeah, I, I it was. I mean, it's again, blowouts are deceptive. Almost always like I don't want to take just way too much, but that's what we wanted to see, right? It's what we needed to see. I'm glad that it happened, but the game got away from Chicago and and then it just really, really got away from Chicago and snowballed you know, off a cliff for them. But yep. as you look around the rest of the league and you see the way that the defense is playing, it does become, I think, more important to see that because guess who's hitting their stride also buffalo right buffalo has looked really good since the opener like really good both offensively and defensively uh, yep. miami, miami at least offensively looks incredible right so is you and, and those are the and we'll see what cincinnati does tonight and we'll see uh you know if they can I, we'll see if they can get through this burrow injury and why not we don't know that what he's we don't even know whether Burrow's playing yet at this point, but you know Cincinnati historically with Burrow has started slow and then they've been fine. So we'll see what they can do if he's healthy. But as you look around the league and you and we'll see what Philadelphia does tonight too. But Buffalo looks the part, right? They look like they are right there and they are all the way back. Miami, at least offensively, they are. I mean, they didn't even have Jalen Waddle yesterday as they scored seventy points. Yeah. Uh, but Miami could be right there, and then. San Francisco obviously is. Philadelphia will get a chance to probably— Philadelphia and Kansas City were in similar spots, right? Philadelphia is, is you know, not quite looking like we think that they will. They'll have a chance to do that tonight. And Dallas stumbled big time. So you're, you're looking around the league, and there really isn't anybody who hasn't stumbled at all except San Francisco, right? Uh, in Miami, I guess. So— it's okay that they lost that game to the, to the Lions. But you know that the Chiefs are going to be in a fight with at least Buffalo and probably Buffalo and Miami in the AFC. I don't really know what to make of the Jags. Uh, the Ravens lose to the Colts. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't think that we're all of a sudden going to see either of those teams at the top, top tier like we are with Buffalo and Kansas City. And I don't have a strong opinion on Cincinnati right now. We'll see how Burrow looks tonight. But it's good to see the defense playing that way because there's some really good offenses around the league. And by the way, those offenses are paired with pretty good defenses. It's almost like, you know, a guilt of riches. You've got the teams that have great offenses kind of have good defenses, too, At you know, right now.
1: Yeah, that, uh, honestly, yesterday may have been the most fun I've had in watching a Chiefs game outside of a Super Bowl from start to finish, maybe ever. And it was, you know, of course, the Taylor Swift factor, and that was fun to follow. The way the game played out was fun to follow. But then everything else surrounding the Chiefs game, the Broncos getting blown out, the Raiders uh, losing in Sunday Night Football, you know, it really, like, outside of the Chargers uh, pulling out a victory against the Vikings last minute, like if you're a Chiefs fan, yesterday went basically about as perfect as you could have wanted.
0: Uh, by the way, speaking of the Chargers, who that wasn't Minnesota did everything it could to lose that game, but that was you know a game yeah. the Chargers had to have. They lose Mike Williams, it looks like for the season. Um, just the most bitten, it is absolutely insane. So they'll deal with that. I mean. <laughs> They they uh, go for it. Brandon Staley has to be the worst in-game manager I've ever seen. Like, ever. <laughs> and and I watch bad. a team it's that's really in-game bad. managed by Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Brandon really Staley bad. went for it on fourth down, like inside his own red zone late in the game. Sometimes, like, he and Josh McDaniels need to go, you know, have an energy drink and talk about analytics. Or something. I was going
1: to say Josh McDaniels would like to have a word with you about. Yeah, the it's worst like he saw that and manager. he was like, you
0: know yeah. what? Down eight with about three minutes left, let's kick a field goal. That hey, you I, he only needed two more
1: field goals after that one <laughs> to take the lead. None with two of them left. I mean, he only none needed two of
0: more. Either of those decisions make any no. sense whatsoever. And these guys are making uh, like millions none.
1: of dollars, millions of dollars to coach oh, their teams. Man.
0: I can't. I can't. I just and and hey, Sean Payton, like you ain't gonna miss any of this either. B- big no. talker, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of big talk in the offseason. Hey, I just want
1: to say with the Broncos, I mean, I think that Sean Payton has improved it a little bit because you know, I feel like if Nathaniel Hackett was the coach, it would have been 70 to nothing, at least it was 70 sure. to 20. You know, Sean Payton is making progress there.
0: The poor Jets without Aaron Rodgers now have to deal with Nathaniel Hackett running the offense. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that a lot. Uh, all right, 869-1240. Your reactions to the week in the NFL at 869-1240. We'll continue down that road uh, throughout the show here today. Let's uh, let's go into K-State's win when we come back here on Saturday because we'll have KU Talk with Sri Islata coming up at the top of the hour. We'll have giveaways, all kinds of good stuff coming for you on this Monday edition of Sports Daily. The commercials are over. No, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Do you
1: realize how much pressure there was on you today from the Swifties to
0: get Travis Kelsey a touchdown with Taylor in the house today?
1: Yeah, I heard that, I heard she was in the house.
0: Did uh, you feel it? Did you feel the pressure, I, I, Patrick? I felt a little bit of pressure, um, and so I knew I had to get it to Travis. And of course, it's on a route that Travis, he, he, he does his own thing and just makes up a route, and I throw it to him, so uh, I think he wanted to to get in the end zone just as much as uh, all the Swifties wanted them to.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Oh, man. Um, you know, here's the beauty of this, Tommy. We were, Chad and I were just talking about this during the break. And Jad's like, "Oh, what song do you want to come back with?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the names of the songs. You don't know the names of the songs? I, so here's, like, full disclosure. I know this song. It's yeah. a good song. You belong with me. But I didn't know the name of it. So like, it's very fitting for this, right? Because we all feel like these two belong together." I, I every time I don't, and I was talking to dads about this who have daughters a little older than mine, and they're like, "Oh, my kids are all it's all we listen to." And I'm like, "I I hear Taylor Swift, and I think like everything I hear is really good. Like, there's a new song out, and it, it, it's me or whatever. I don't know what the name of it is either. But <laughs> what what'd you call it? It's me or something. It's me? Where she like, there's a music video, and she looks in the door, and it, she I'm says, the, "Hey, the, it's, hi, me. it's
1: me. I, I'm the problem. It's
0: me." That one. Yes. Yeah. That one. Yeah. So like I see all of this. You know what that stuff, song is and, called? And I see her and I see that she's like the biggest celebrity in the world right now. And like, man, why don't I know more of her music? Because every time I like go find a song, I'm like, oh, that's really good. But I don't know it at all. I guess it's because my daughters are young and like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know you why.
1: Ca- what did you just call that song, though? You call it It's Me? Is that what you think the song is called?
0: Well, no, I'm, I, I don't know what – I don't think it's called anything. I have no idea. I just remember that part of the oh. song when I saw the music video.
1: It's called Antihero, by the way, in case you were wondering. Oh. Antihero is the name. Way of off.
0: Song. Like, I, re- I knew in, like, Shake It Off, right? I, I remember yeah. that song. Great and, like, song. that was
1: more Great of – Great song.
0: In Wildest Dreams. I'm looking at a list yep. of her songs right now. I'm not pulling these out of Blank the air.
1: Space, uh, that's a good one. Yeah,
0: yes, absolutely. Love, Love those story, songs. So tw- that's
1: a great song.
0: All of the songs that we're saying right now, it looks like, came out in 2014. You so that must have down. been the time that's where I was song. like hearing her music. But she wasn't, I, I don't think, like in 2014, she wasn't the world's biggest star. Like sure, she was. In 2014, she was? 2014, she biggest, was.
1: Yeah. She's been oh, okay. the world's biggest star for, like, over a decade. I mean, she, she wasn't doing, like, I mean, stadium tours and things like that. But, I mean, she's been huge for a long time.
0: I know she's been huge, but she's, like, next level huge right now. Like, she's reached, like, Michael Jackson status or, you know, Elvis status. Like, she's as whatever the highest status you can be. Like, that's where she is right now. And I've realized, like, I don't know any of her stuff anymore. And anytime I hear it, I'm like, man, that's a really good song. So I need to – maybe this will encourage me to, like, get caught up on Swifty. I, I don't know. Um, but I've never had any – like, even when, you know, you're a little younger as a guy and you got to pretend like you don't like that stuff or, you know, you, there's like a machismo factor. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Stupid. I haven't been that – yeah, I haven't been that way, you know, since maybe like the seventh grade. So it was never, like, intentional with Taylor Swift. I, I've always thought her music's really cool. I just don't hear a lot of it. And, you know, good for Travis Kelsey, man. Like, it, it's, yeah. it, it's hard. It's like just like Tom Brady when, you know, he was married to Giselle. Like, it's hard to, to find a bigger celebrity. And, you know, Travis Kelsey did. And, you know, we'll didn't see how Didn't that kind
1: of seem – like, yesterday, didn't it kind of seem like the homecoming game? Like, for your high school, right? Like, yes, it's the homecoming game and, like, they, they win big. And then the jock, like, drives off with the cheerleader and the convertible – like, I don't know if you saw those pictures. But, like, they're in his convertible, like, driving Wait, out what? of the stadium. You didn't see? Yeah, 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 of course. Like, this, like, no, classic I didn't see convertible. They're in it together. They go out to, like, a diner in Kansas City afterwards. You know, they're having dinner together. Like, it. it to me, it seemed like just, like, this storybook of the way that, like, high school, <laughs> small-town football pictures.
0: games go. <laughs> oh, my great? God. I'm just seeing these pictures. I Yeah, I didn't I – didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't get any of this. Uh, that's a nice car. That's a really cool car, by the way. Uh, like, how many how many security guards do they have driving around with them? That's crazy. You can't just drive I think down somebody the pointed
1: out that that convertible doesn't have a license plate on it. I
0: did. It's the first thing I noticed.
1: And I'm like, you people are like, how does he not get pulled over? Okay, like, what police officer is going to pull over Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like, on the streets of Kansas City? Like, that's probably not going to
0: happen. They're probably like nine police officers right behind them. Right. I would imagine that's the scenario. Anytime Taylor Swift does anything, it's going to be weird for Travis Kelsey to go somewhere and nobody pay attention to him at all. Yeah. Like he's this as is a charismatic guy as a Saturday gets. night
1: live a few months ago. You know, yeah. like he's been all over the place um, and now he's with somebody who's bigger than he is. Uh, the other story too, was that, I don't know if you saw this, that they went to some restaurant in Kansas city and Allegedly, Taylor bought everybody's meal in the restaurant basically just to clear the place out so they could have it to themselves. Uh, So like the waitresses are going around to people saying like, hey, your meal is paid for, but you got to like leave right now. Uh, And so they cleared out the restaurant, I guess, for for Travis and Taylor after the game.
0: Well, you I, look, and that may rub people the wrong way, but th- there's no other way that she can probably do anything. And that's what I mean. This will be weird, you know, for Travis Kelsey, too, because he doesn't have to do that in Kansas City. He's his, he's his biggest celebrity as there is in Kansas City. He doesn't have to – he can go eat at a restaurant, right? Like, he's not – I don't know that Taylor Swift can do that, like, anywhere that she ever goes because, that again, like, she's hit this we- – like – no offense to Swifties, and I don't imagine there's a huge crossover, and probably not a lot of them listening to our radio show right now. Just a shot in the dark. They're you don't think so? Crazy. They're kind of crazy. I work with some of them, and we talk about this, and like they're a little like it's pretty intense, right? Kind like, of it's, cultish.
1: Like it's a little yeah. bit cultish. You yeah, know? and, and so, like that's fine. Like I, I've been a diehard fan of other like other things in my life, um, you know, so I get like that intense like fandom kind of thing. Uh, but, man, they are, like, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, they are endlessly devoted
0: to Taylor Swift and her music. Right. So she can't go do anything anywhere ever. So don't, don't let that rub you down. But that's going to be weird for Kelsey. And I, I, listen, I am not usually a devil's advocate person. I am usually a only, like, fully optimist, look at the greatness and bright side and all of this. But I got to tell you, like there is like a small part of me that just thinks all of them, like the entire Kelsey family and Taylor Swift are just having a ton of fun at our expense, right? Like they're just messing with us over and over again. And maybe these two are like good friends and they're just having a really good time making fun of all of us for reacting this way and and there are people who are probably reacting to this more serious like we don't really care uh but the idea of it is fun and like the fanfare of it will be fun there are probably people it's just all a little bit like riding off in a convertible come on and maybe Travis Kelsey's just that much of a you know romantic that he will build it out that way but either way I don't really care because it's fun like the fact that she shows up to the game at really her first opportunity with his mom in the suit. Sl- yeah. Like, come on now. Like, that is so awesome and hilarious, whether it's, like, fully committed or not. And I'm just going to tell you, like, she's either having a blast with this, but when he scored that touchdown, that's not a just we're hanging out celebration. No. Like, they're, they're, they're either messing with us and having a great time and our great friends, or... There's there's a little heat there, Tommy. Like there there's a little there's a little romance happening here. Like that was a that was a Brittany Mahomes celebration. I'm just gonna yeah. tell you right now.
1: And, and you know, speaking of Brittany, I mentioned this last week. Can you imagine the double dates that are in store for Travis and Taylor, and then Patrick and Brittany? Like the like that because Patrick and Brittany are already a Kansas City power couple, and now you've potentially got Travis and Taylor together. Like those two couples. I'll tell you what, like, I I would love to be a fly on the wall of whatever get together those four have.
0: Uh, Do you know who would rather be a fly on the wall even more? And there may not ever be a more desired fifth wheel opportunity in the history of the universe than Jackson Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Like,
1: he had to be like beating the door down to get into that suite, you know, and and you never saw him, so he clearly wasn't in that particular suite. But man, like, can you, I mean, he he was planning like the TikToks that he wanted to do. That, that
0: will that will be probably the one and only Jackson Mahomes reference or joke I ever make that doesn't have to do with like a legitimate legal situation. Uh, you want to talk about not having interest in something. Yeah. Zero for me on that. Like this show I, has I gone
1: completely that, off the rails, by the way, uh, early I hate on, which is totally Mahomes
0: fine. To, I hate that Mahomes has to, you know, that people have to tie that together. It's not fair at all to Patrick Mahomes. But anyway, uh, I couldn't, couldn't miss that opportunity for a joke. Uh, all right, we didn't talk about K-State football there. That's what we're going to do next. On the way out, let's give something away, Jad. Uh, let's do let's do our movie tickets. We'll go Paw Patrol here, the mighty movie. Uh, you know, maybe you can't take them to see Taylor Swift, but Paw Patrol, if they're young, would be a good second. Friday, this Friday, 7 o'clock Boulevard Theater at Town West. You can go and see it on us here at Sports Daily. First caller during the break, 869-1240. We'll come right back with a little K-State football talk next. Sports Daily, everybody. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, congratulations to William going to see Paw Patrol: The Mighty Movie at Boulevard Theaters on opening night. Okay, let's uh, let's go K State here for a bit, Tommy. Um, as we switch college football, we have lot of to talk a little KU with us. Our KU insider at the top of the hour. But we'll dig into the Cats and one more on the Cats throughout the week, of course. Um, I, you know, I actually I, I thought that was a great win. Uh, you know, they covered the number. Everything was good. The defense could be better, certainly. Um, But, you know, UCF handled itself well. They had some things that they had to deal with, too. And we didn't see any Avery Johnson, oddly. Will Howard was able to give it a full go. And it was, you know, it was the DJ Giddens game, Tommy, without, you know, Treshawn Ward there that really allowed K-State to sort of control this game, it felt like, uh, throughout you know, really throughout They just, they were sort of in control and Giddens was a big reason for it.
1: It got a little bit uneasy early in the game. Uh, and then, you know, around halftime or so, I think UCF, you know, they took the lead at one point and, and had it for a little while. Uh, and then really it was just the Wildcats kind of putting their foot back on the gas and, and being able to pull away and, and be the team that we know that they can be. Uh, you mentioned DJ Giddens, a great game from him. And I think that's due, at least in in some part, To not having Trayshawn Ward there, and I think that D.J. Giddens probably, you know, maybe subconsciously thought, "Hey, I'm the guy in this game. You know, it's not going to be a timeshare between me and Trayshawn Ward. Uh, You know, they're going to lean on me, and especially when you've got Will Howard, who is a little bit banged up, uh, you know, they're going to probably lean on me, and I've got to I've got to come through on that." Uh, There've been questions coming into this season about how the Wildcats' run game will look without Deuce Vaughn. And this was a game from DJ Giddens that, you know, I think quieted that down a lot. Uh so I like DJ Giddens a lot moving forward. I think that, you know, he's gonna continue to put up big numbers, and that was a really good start.
0: Yeah, it I it was it was for, for a lot of different reasons. It was sort of what we needed to see you know, coming coming out of last week. Just the win is important, the big twelve, all of that stuff, looking good at home. But the offense there was you know, Daniel Green's out, Tommy. So the defense is going to need time to adjust to that, right? The the heartbeat of the defense are all the different ways he was described. I don't know what to think of the defense for the rest of the season. It was one of the concerns I had coming in. Then, you know, through a couple weeks, it was like, okay, the defense looks fine. Then Missouri, they didn't look fine. And then honestly, against UCF, right, without their full arsenal, put up 31, so, like, I, I still definitely have concerns about the defense. But the offense was able to bail them out. And I think it's going to take a little time now for the defense to be whatever it ultimately is going to be. I think there's some room for improvement for the defense, and they'll need to get there. But it is nice to know that you know, the offense is going to bail them out when they need it. And this is a high-powered offense, which is what we thought, right? It's, it's a little strange to lose Deuce Vaughn, one of the great offensive players in the history of the university, but come into the season thinking, you know, there's probably a chance they could be even better offensively overall when you mix in, you know, a wide receiver room that looks as good as it's looked in a long time. And, you know, Giddens being a decent replacement and having Ward to help him out a little bit, the return of Will Howard, the return of the offensive line, all of those things mixing. In. Oh, and by the way, Avery Johnson uh, to mix in, however, they're going to do that at some point. They didn't yesterday, which was a little bit surprising, but good certainly to see for the health of Will Howard. That, that's it's it's everything we wanted to see out of that game um, other than a, a better defensive performance. But that's not really a fair expectation at this point.
1: And you know what? Will Howard, if you look at his stat line, it wasn't incredible. He didn't throw for any touchdowns. He had one interception. Uh, but of course, you're dealing with a guy who's not probably 100 percent out there. Right. And there were questions leading up to the game about whether or not he would even be able to play. Uh, so, you know, battling through that. And, I, you know, I really think that considering that the impetus was on the ground game. You know, he complimented that okay. I know he didn't get into the end zone at all, but he, you know, still threw for 255 yards. Um, You know, so I I like the fact that it was more complimentary football than what we've seen, I think, from Kansas State. And and look, they they still put up 44 points in the game. Uh, You know, so overall, a good effort and, and, you know, taking on a team that we talked about leading into this game in UCF that really wanted to make a statement as they enter into Big 12 play. Uh, and I thought UCF hung around for a while I thought they looked pretty good at, at times but credit to K State for you know not only being able to get out into the lead but then being able to kind of weather that storm down the stretch when UCF was trying to get back into it
0: yeah I, I it was it was fine uh Texas handled its business against Baylor Texas Tech boy you want to talk about disappointment uh they they lose. You know, 20 to 13 at West Virginia. I thought that was the most disappointing Big 12 loss of the week for any particular team. Um, Iowa State, you know, at least Oklahoma State and Iowa State played an entertaining game. I didn't watch one second of it. Uh, Oklahoma did what they needed to do. TCU seems like they're sort of getting there a little bit. And of course, Kansas's win over B- BYU may have been. You know, Kansas' win over BYU, all things considered, Tom, and we'll get into it in a minute, probably the most impressive based on expectations for both teams. Um, you know, we expected te- uh, Texas to, to trounce Baylor. We expected probably exactly what we saw in the K-State game, to be quite frank. Um, you know, West Virginia, I suppose, is impressed, but they're not going to do anything this year. Oklahoma did what it needed to do. But, you know, Kansas... Doing what they did against BYU was as impressive as anything that happened, and we'll get into that with Tree Lada in just a minute. But, you know, the Big 12 overall, I don't know if we're going to have, like, a very clear cream rise to the top. We probably will, Tommy, between Texas, Oklahoma, right? Uh, Kansas State, I still think, is going to be there. And, I mean, I'm looking around the rest of the league, and doesn't it feel like Kansas is, I mean— that that that's your top four right now, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Kansas State. Am I missing somebody like that's That's the top four to me. No, I think,
1: you know, TCU is right underneath there. You know, they've bounced back from that opening week loss against Colorado and they've looked pretty good, you know, ever since then. But no, I would agree with you. It's got to be Texas, OU, Kansas, Kansas State in the top four. And you've got now a top 25 matchup this weekend in Austin between the Longhorns and the Jayhawks. Uh, it's going to be a massive test for KU. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to Shreya Slata in our next segment about what he's going to be looking for in the matchup this weekend. But, man, it's going to be a heavyweight bout between Texas and Kansas. And, and you know, now you've got the Jayhawks ranked at, at 24 in the country. They looked pretty impressive against BYU on Saturday.
0: They did. Um, 17 points is the early line there. Um, on that Kansas-Texas game over under sixty-two, hammer the,
1: hammer the Jayhawks to cover that. I think. I mean, I don't know if I don't know mm. if Kansas is going to win, but man, I, I sure think they can cover that seventeen.
0: Oh, I'm not going to lay seventeen. I'm not taking Texas, but I don't know if I'm going to Texas. I mean, Texas just continues to to impress. Right, the win at Alabama. Rice has been okay this year. They dominated Rice. They dominated Wyoming, who beat Texas Tech. And they dominated in Waco for Baylor's biggest game of the year. Texas feels like the real deal. I, I'm there's not a game I'm more excited about. I just don't know how to. I don't know how to appropriately set expectations for it. But we'll, maybe we'll get a little of that with Trius Lottis coming up here uh, as he takes us through both the win over BYU, which was impressive, best of the year to me for KU, and now going into. Probably the toughest test they'll have all year. I don't want to say biggest game because they'll still play K State, but you know, probably the the toughest test in Austin as Texas is just absolutely grooving right now. Uh, we'll get into all of that. K State though, the big win there over UCF. More on them later in the week. Uh, we'll have Tim Fitzgerald in this week, Wyatt Thompson to talk about that and look ahead with the Cats. All kinds of good stuff. All right, we'll come back. Still in hour number two to come. We will give away some HTO and some Wichita Thunder hockey tickets. Hey, how's your fantasy team? You don't want to finish last in that fantasy football league. The Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast brings you the latest news and player insights to help you win and avoid any embarrassing league punishments, perhaps. In-depth analysis, start, sit, questions, everything you need for your fantasy team. Download Upper Hand Fantasy on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Tommy and I will be back. Hour number two of Sports Daily coming up.